0: located at 3105 Shattuck Avenue in Berkeley. For more information, call 510-595-5555 or visit www.livingartsplayback.com. This event is a benefit for the Living Arts Center. And you're listening to KPFA, KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KSCF in Fresno, online at kpfa.org. Stay tuned for Open Book with Richard Woolinsky.
1: The other one. Ah, nope. Nothing like KPFA. There we go. Uh, I'm Richard Walensky. My guest calling from New York is Tony Kushner. Tony Kushner is uh, the Pulitzer Prize winning playwright of Angels in America. He's also a screenwriter for both Lincoln and Munich, uh, author of several other. Works, the most recent of which is The Intelligent Homosexual's Guide to Capitalism and Socialism with a Key to the Scriptures, otherwise known as IHO, which is playing at Berkeley Rep through June 29th, and we're live on the air. Tony, you there? Yes, hi. Hi. Great talking with you. Let me start by asking about the origins of IHO. It's the story of a retired longshoreman, a leftist retired longshoreman, and his his three members of his family. And I guess it's your big family play. Where, where? Uh, going back a bit, um, what prompted you to focus in on Gus and his family? What what got you started on the story of IHO?
0: Um. Well, he's I mean he's not just a leftist. He's actually a member of the CPUSA. He's a communist and uh he's a member of a Italian American family in Brooklyn that has a long uh, radical left tradition going back to um, anarchism at the turn of the 20th century. Um, so he's uh, he's uh the um, uh he's he's in the family business in a way of, of uh um, being um, directly involved in in sort of radical and revolutionary political activity um, i uh, i think i was uh I'm, it's, it's, there are a number of different things that uh, brought to play about it. I mean, for one thing, the title. Um, uh, which That's from I Shaw, right? From Shaw, yes. And then with a little bit extra, borrowed from Mary Baker Eddy and the uh, Guide to Science and Health with Key to Scriptures. So it's Christian Science and Shaw combined. Um, I have been obsessed with this title, with the title of the Shaw book, which is The Intelligent Woman's Guide to uh, Socialism and Capitalism, for many years since I first found the book uh, by Shaw with that title on my grandmother's uh, library shelf. Um, And uh, I decided that I wanted to write a play um, with that as the title before I knew what the play was going to be. Uh, And then I began to think of um, different possibilities. And uh, it was around this. Time that uh, uh, the Teamsters Local One, the Stagehands Union in New York, was uh, going on strike, and uh, I was surprised to discover in the New York theatrical community a large number of people who were um, sort of—I was surprised—were had had become or have always been um, rather vocally anti-union, and uh, uh, I got involved in a number of um, heated exchanges with some of my colleagues. about the things that are, uh, as far as I'm concerned, kind of foregone conclusions and and fundamental assumptions um, that uh, we've uh, made as a civilization about um, people's right to be employed, uh, people not being dispensable um, or disposable, uh, um, people creating wealth, by working and consequently having some right to a share in the wealth that they create and, uh, and, you know, just a sort of a fundamental belief in the principle of, of uh, workers' rights to organize, to guarantee, among other things, I mean, a decent wage but also some kind of job security. And uh, I, I, it made me think a lot about how much has changed in the last uh, 30 years or so since the Reagan revolution, counter-revolution began uh, which, of course, notoriously began with the destruction of American unions, starting with the air traffic controllers. And, uh, I, I, um, I thought it was probably an interesting time to start to uh, think about uh, organized labor and uh, its relationship to uh, the left and to political radicalism. Um, And uh, um, I lived for uh, 13 years in Carroll Gardens in Brooklyn, fairly near the Brooklyn waterfront and in an Italian-American neighborhood. Um, I've been editing Arthur Miller's plays for Library of America, so I've spent a lot of time reading Arthur miller's work and uh i've always loved uh, view from the bridge um so all those things sort of came together i think and uh and made me decide uh that i wanted to write about an italian-american family living in brooklyn in some way involved in both um uh, sort of revolutionary uh political activity and and uh organized labor and uh, that's sort of where the play originated
1: and and then you you focus in on the three children, one of whom is uh, a bisexual mostly lesbian um woman who's i believe she's an attorney i think
0: she's uh she's a labor lawyer yeah she,
1: yeah uh, and um a gay son, and um, a kind of right-wing carpenter son. Not,
0: not right-wing. He's totally
1: Well, He's uh, kind of liberal. nothing, yeah. But he's
0: not, I mean, he's, he seems uh, somewhat conservative compared to his the others, yeah. rest of his family.
1: <laughs> and, and so you begin to to develop them for i 've talked to a number of writers about how they find voices, the voice of the characters. How did you find these Did, did Gus or did any of the kids just come automatically to you? Uh, what was that process like
0: um. It's never really automatic. The, you know, sometimes you write for a specific actor and that helps. Um the part of Pill, the gay son, uh, was written for Steven Spinella, for whom I wrote the part of Prior Walter in Angels uh, in America. Um, and, uh, the part of Empty, uh, was uh, written for Linda Eamond who uh, sort of created the role of uh, the homebody and homebody Kabul in my play about Afghanistan uh, a number of years ago um, and somebody I uh, love and, and always love working for with um, and uh, uh, so you know you you know a certain actor's voice and and their strengths and their uh, cadences and, and the ways in which they're funny or sexy on stage and uh, that helps Helps shape the character. Um, and sometimes the character sort of emerges from uh, a fragment of uh, um, somebody you noticed on the subway talking. Um, I mean, as I said, I lived in Carroll Gardens in Brooklyn for a number of years, and in, in the apartment building that I lived in, everybody else in the building was uh, Italian American working class. So uh, I, I spent a lot of time listening to people talking back then, and uh, I've always loved. Um, that particular kind of, uh, uh, dialect and lingo. It's, uh, I, I enjoyed living in, uh, Carroll Gardens for the time that I lived there. So, um, characters sort of assembled themselves from fragments. And, you know, I mean, they're, they're, uh, complicated people. So they're both working class, uh, or at least Gus, the father, is working class, but also somebody who is, Fluent and Marxist-Leninist, uh um, uh, political uh, doctrine and um, has in the years he's actually been part of a strike in the early 70s uh, 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 in which the ILU, the International Longshoremen's Union in Brooklyn uh, won for its senior members a guaranteed annual income so he hasn't had to work much in the last uh, 30 years and he's one of the things that he's done is to teach himself Latin and to start translating Horace uh, the, poet, the Roman poet Horace um so he's a very um intelligent and eloquent guy and also a working class guy. And you know, you start to as you begin to figure out um, who these people are you begin to hear what they sound like the choices of words that we make and the kinds of jokes that we make and the way we sound angry or sad is of course entirely determined by um, who we want to be perceived as being who we actually are what we're after and that's sort of the fun of writing a play well
1: the uh the the story pivots on his deciding that there's no point in going on he's going to kill himself and he calls his children in there at what point in the development was that kind of like the the trigger that started it all or did that come later as you after you had the characters
0: um I think there was a, an idea from uh, fairly early on in the process of coming up with a play uh, that Gus was suicidal. Um, I didn't sort of realize it until I had written the first draft of the play. Uh, my father, um, who died two years ago, was diagnosed with uh, kidney uh, disease about uh, seven years ago. And um, so when I started working on IHO, which was about two years into... His diagnosis, uh, we could tell that that things were going in a a bad direction and that we were going to lose him sometime within the next few years. And I think in a way the play anticipates um, the loss of him. He's nothing like Gus. Uh, He did have uh, two sons and a daughter, but none of us are anything like the characters (laughs) in in the play. Um, I'm not even sure that he liked the play all that much when he read it. He he was a little horrified by some of it, but uh, he um uh, i i think it was a way of dealing with um you know what was going to be a very difficult loss for me and uh sometimes that's what you do when you write and, and i didn't know that i was doing it at the time i i became interested in the question of um uh, what suicide would mean to someone who was so future oriented and so completely communally and community oriented and I began reading around and and uh, discovered a, there 's a sort of an interesting uh, sub history of uh, marxists who um, committed suicide. Um, uh, some of them very famous, and there's uh, some very famous um, incidents, including Bolsheviks who did it. And uh, and and I became sort of fascinated with with the, the contradictions in in that, and also with a certain kind of consonants that I began to um, imagine might exist between. Or I was at least curious about whether or not there was a connection between a uh, politics predicated on revolution and uh the decision to take control of your own life uh by ending it. Um, and uh I've been I think part of the work on the play, it's been a long uh time that I've spent on it um, has been to puzzle my way uh, through that.
1: When you're when you're doing that, I, I know I talk to a number of novelists, and sometimes the novel changes the person and sometimes it doesn't. For you, Tony Kushner, as a playwright, do each of these plays change you as you grapple with these issues, you think? I
0: think they certainly have an effect on me. I, I don't know if they change me necessarily. I mean... You know, certainly angels in america changed maybe because it changed right. my my life in a kind of um outrageous way but uh you know you put an enormous amount of yourself into a play and i tend to work on my plays for several years before there's a first draft and then I kind of rewrite them and play with them and pull them apart and put them back together again for several years after. Um, my homebody, uh, uh, sorry, Intelligent Homosexual was done first at the Guthrie in 2009 and it's had a production in New York since then. And then this is its third production. And I've been uh, taking it out and playing with it in the time in between those productions. Um, so there's a great deal of you that goes into um, anything. Uh, that you uh, really create and and love and are obsessed with, and uh, so uh, the, there was no play like this before, and now there is this play, and it's it, so it alters the landscape of your life, whether or not it fundamentally changed me. I mean, I wouldn't say that it has. Um, but, you know, you feel like, okay, so I did that, and I've learned things. I've done things in this play that I couldn't have done ten years ago that I didn't know how to do. Um, and uh, and that's exciting to me. It's a way of marking changes that have happened in me. Um, but I'm not sure that it's really all to me. Maybe the only thing that I've written that really changed the way that I thought in the process of writing it was the lincoln screenplay which i worked on uh for 7 years and and it had a uh, a kind of a ground shifting effect on my politics how so um, well i mean i uh because lincoln was um, a uh progressive centrist uh politician um, who had you know this um, absolutely um, Bone, marrow, deep faith in democracy, and, uh, who, um, because of his, uh, absolutely miraculous, uh, grasp of the machinery of democracy was able to, um, work within uh the law and within um, the parameters of a constitutional uh, uh republic even at a time of horrendous crisis uh and continue to advance um, uh, human society and, and, and to make progress and to make even a revolutionary transformation, help make a revolutionary transformation in human society. I mean, a terrible cost. But uh, I, I think partly um, just reading as much as I read about Lincoln, and also doing the work on the screenplay. Um, I mean, I started in 2005, so it began in the Bush years, in the nightmare of the Bush years. But by the uh, end of 2008, I was I, I was uh, working on Lincoln during the Obama presidency, and uh, we wound up filming, I think, in 2000. Ten, Right. So um, that was an incredible blessing for me. I uh, was a chance to see uh, a president who, whether or not he's as great as Abraham Lincoln, I don't know, but who is, I think, a very great president and a great politician and a great political leader um, tackling another vast national crisis and, in my opinion, doing a brilliant job. Um, and i think a, um, a salvational kind of job uh, um, uh for the country uh I, I i it shifted my my politics it made me start to ask questions about um, i mean i consider myself a person of the left but i have uh, become increasingly concerned about um, uh, uh, um, a possible comfort that, uh, the left in this country has come to feel with powerlessness, um, uh, and, and the kind of freedom to adhere purely to your political convictions if you actually don't have, uh, access to power. And have to make the kind of compromises necessary to exercise power in a democracy and uh so the the prism of Lincoln um, made me think about things in a rather different way. I think that's an eye-how. i mean the big central dialectic uh, uh, in the play is um between Gus and his daughter empty about the question of evolutionary versus revolutionary uh uh change and uh you know, I don't think this is a simple question, and I hope I haven't presented any kind of simple answers in the play, uh, but it's, uh, it's something that uh, I think Lincoln helped me um, uh, identify and think um, more seriously about.
1: You're listening to an interview with Tony Kushner, whose play, The Intelligent Homosexual's Guide to Capitalism and Socialism with the Key to the Scriptures, plays through June 29th at Berkeley Rep in Berkeley. Um, you know, when I'm hearing you, my feeling about Obama being on the left is, is great disappointment, assuming that I expected anything more from, uh, you know, someone who lives in, you know, a world where he brings in people like Timothy Geithner to control the economics. And then I go back to, uh, your play, and I'm thinking about Gus and his decision to commit suicide, and, you know, I, it gives me pause because he wants to kill himself because he doesn't see any forward motion. And his view of what's going on in society is very similar to a lot of people on the left. You know, it's like overwhelming the the economics of Wall Street have, have seemed to have left us dispossessed.
0: Well, you know, I mean, I disagree with you. Um, I mean, I'm sorry that you feel nothing but disappointment. I'm sort of astonished by that, honestly. I, I don't get it. I, I I don't understand, first of all, the, uh, the short-term memory um, issue because we've gone through eight years of the most appalling criminal misconduct uh in a presidential administration that really brought the world i think to the brink of, of uh and maybe over the brink we don't know yet uh you know i mean the, the bush administration was an absolute catastrophe in every way and and uh if If really what you 've seen in the last six years of obama 's presidency is nothing but a source of disappointment i you know well, it 's probably a longer conversation but i don 't understand i don 't understand this despair um, i I think Timothy Geithner is certainly somebody um, about whom it 's possible to have many uh negative feelings, but I also think that there was uh, uh, um, an absolutely serious attempt at uh, fiscal reform um, uh, and 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 uh you know uh, uh within the within the givens that uh, a president in uh uh our country at its at this uh particular moment in, in its historical development, um, has to deal with. And, uh, I think that, you know, um, uh, there, there's been a a kind of economic recovery, um, and, uh, we have, uh, um, a pretty decent shot at, uh, we, we have healthcare reform now. I mean, I think, you know, I think he's done some extraordinary things. I think the new, uh, Um, uh, Keep it. Keep in mind that
1: I would I would vote for him again, but that may have more to do with the fact that you know holding the fort, uh, uh, you know against against the uh, Koch brothers and the extremists on the right. You know, and, and. Yeah, but you know, I mean,
0: you're somebody who has access to uh, a public forum, and so, you know, well, I'll vote for him again, isn't really, I mean, we may lose the Senate in this next election cycle, and that's a really terrifying thing. We've lost so much time. Uh, I mean, the Congress has become completely paralyzed, not because of Obama or because of you know, Nancy Pelosi or Harry Reid. Whatever you think of uh, people like Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid, these are people who are at least committed to the idea of government and of some form of communal action to address human problems, as opposed to the incredible crazy people on the right who have taken control of the Republican Party and are absolutely determined to uh... you know bring uh... Any semblance of functioning government uh, to a halt and and you know we've lost decades to these people on issues like climate change, and we can 't afford to to lose any more time and that that it's so important that we express our disappointment and that we you know uh, um, say, well, we'll vote for him, but he you know Timothy Geithner and we'll vote for him, but larry uh, so, you know it's like okay, but you know. Um first of all, you know, I, been I get it. extraordinary <laughs> gains in the last Six years and yeah. and uh, you know a serious commitment to uh, um, lessening uh, uh, climate warming um, gases. I mean, there's there's, there's uh, much uh, that has been accomplished after thirty years of of shocking misrule, and and you know it doesn't happen overnight. And I I just feel that we're we're so sort of willing to sit back and and catch, but you know it's not. Enough to just say well we we'll certainly vote for him again, but I mean we're not helping to build um uh, uh you know, the kind of Congress, the kind of federal government that will respond to grassroots demands for a for a better world, for a more decent world. And if we don't have anyone in, in Congress who can hear us, we're not going to get things like the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act and, you know, the Wagner. I mean, those things are not going to happen. And, and I think we've become um, incredibly sort of... Blase about sort of shrugging our shoulders about it. So I'm not saying that you, Richard, are shrugging your shoulders, but you know it's it's a right. it's a great source of frustration uh, I, to yeah. me. I, I don't understand. I don't understand it. I think it's it's um, we're in so much trouble, and we have to figure out a way. To address the the terrible dangers that the whole planet is facing now, and we're not going to do it if we allow these t- madmen to continue to control um, at least one third, arguably two thirds, of of the federal government. Um, it's it's got a we've got to turn it around.
1: And Tony. Tony Kushner, in, in that in that regard, I, you know, I'm I want to talk about uh, theater, but um, you you did make a comment um, that I read in an interview. You said there's a kind of optimism in Angels in America that is a lot harder to come by these days, and mm-hmm. it seems to me from from what you're talking about, you know, I I buy that comment. Right, I'm feeling that way. I'm not feeling Gus like because you know. You know, I'm not feeling that way, but I know a lot of people who are. And, and you know, it's great to hear somebody say, well, let's be optimistic. But I think when you create a character like Gus and you yourself say it's harder to be optimistic as we grow older and we see what's going on, you know, it's, it's difficult. I think one of the things that theater does, though, is it allows us in and maybe you can comment on this, to explore these issues in ways that even an interview or a documentary or even a film can't do. What do you think about that?
0: I mean, you know, I I, I think that when I made that um, remark to the interviewer about... Uh, The difference between Angels and Iho in terms of um, optimism and pessimism. You know, I mean, when I wrote Angels in 1988, I remember thinking when I started putting in all this stuff about the ozone layer... Uh, it, it felt to me, uh, I thought, well, what if, what if this is actually proven to be, you know, nonsense? I'm going to have written this play that everybody's going to roll their eyes at, because, you know, what if there really isn't any kind of danger to the environment? And what if I'm just, you know, believing the wrong people? Because it seemed, uh, even then, in 1988, uh, somewhat, you know, far-fetched. Um, but I had read enough to believe that it probably wasn't, and that I should, you know, include it in the play and write about it. And of course, lamentably, um, it, it turned out to be, you know, pretty much on the money. Um, the and so now, when you listen to Angels in 2014, you you hear the climate change stuff in the play. It, it, uh, it used to be sort of a minor a chord sounding sort of uh in the background it's now uh actually painful to listen to i think um and and there has never been anything that the human race has faced including the nuclear proliferation as um terrifying as what we're facing uh in terms of uh you know the the ecocide that we're committing and and uh it it is completely paralyzing and paralysis produces despair and and asks us to question whether or not it's even worth it being alive. I've always felt that, obli- that um, uh, you know sort of hope is not uh, a feeling state. It's a choice and it's in its way a moral obligation that if you have the possibility of hoping, you have to examine your circumstances and look around for um, plausible uh, occasions whence hope might arise. Um, that's one of the things that your privilege is by you, is the uh, ability, the opportunity, the breathing space to do that. And, and you know, sometimes it's very hard to discern um, plausible occasions for hope, but um, rarely absolutely entirely impossible. And, and uh, I'm not saying lie to yourself. I mean, you have to make it what Ernst Bloch called, you know, concrete knowing hope, hope that you've really passed through a very s- strong set of tests. I um, hope that actually means something, but I think that you know that's our job. That's what we're uh, meant to do. I I think that you know interviews, essays, films, theater, all of these things can. Um, can produce that uh, uh you know there's the, there's the, always the example of you know king lear i right. mean there are uh, Tony. tony they,
1: yes i'm sorry yeah yeah no we, we've run out of time all right, all right. no that's great thank you very much For Um sure. The Intelligent Homosexual's Guide to Capitalism and Socialism with the Key to the Scriptures plays through June 29th at Berkeley Rep. For more information, you could go to berkeleyrep.org. Thank you, Tony Kushner, for being on Open Book. Tomorrow on my Book Waves program, an interview with novelist Susan Minot. I'm Richard Walensky for Open Book. In the last 30 years, a new systemic conception of life has emerged in the forefront of science. Fritjof Capra can describe it. Physicist and systems theorist, founding director of the Center for Eco Literacy, author of The Tao of Physics The Hidden Connections, Belonging to the Universe, Capra has won many prestigious awards, including the Bioneers. He will discuss his major new work, The Systems View of Life, a unifying vision. On Thursday, June 26th at St. John's Church, 2727 College Avenue
0: in Berkeley.